Welcome to 2ZQ True Crime, where we discuss true crime, especially true crime happening in New York City. This time, we'll be looking at the New York City crime wave against gay men. According to both WNBC-TV and the New York Times, there have been at least 14 victims in the gay community and at least two fatalities that we know of. I'm going to be asking a few questions about this experience. Who, what, when, where, why, how, and a few more. So, what's going on here? I mean, uh, it's bad enough that we have people who have disassociative disorders, who have a callous, cruel indifference to human life, coming in to safe spaces and shooting the place up and killing people. But how insidious is it that people are working within the gay community and treating other people as if they are just mere objects to use and exploit? And if they happen to die while you're robbing them, well, who cares? We're trying to get away with this. I don't for the life of me, I understand how anybody could be so crass and so cruel and so barbaric to members of their own community. If this is not members of our community and they have somehow infiltrated the subculture and can pass undetected at the doors of these places and they are so familiar with the language, the body language, the subculture the layout, everything that goes with every one of these places that all of these horrible crimes that have occurred in. It's terribly disturbing to try to grasp who would actually do this to other members of the gay community. Or if you are not a member of the gay community, why are you targeting members of the gay community? Now, most of these victims, there are supposedly at least 14 have been under 35, they've been male, and they've been enjoying the nightlife. From WNBC News, NYPD is investigating a string of assaults potentially linked to deaths of two gay men. The department said it is investigating a string of robberies and assaults that may be linked to the deaths of the two men last seen leaving New York City gay bars. And this comes from November 14th of 2022, and it was reported by Matt Lavietes. The New York City Police Department confirmed Monday that it, it is investigating a string of robberies and assaults that may be connected to the deaths of two gay men earlier this year, shortly after they left gay bars in Manhattan's Hell's Kitchen neighborhood. In an emailed statement, Julian Phillips, a spokesperson for the NYPD's Office of the Deputy Commissioner, Public Information, confirmed that the deaths of Julio Ramirez and John Umberger are being investigated among several incidents where individuals have been victims of robberies or assaults. 
No arrests have been made in Umberger's death, which remains under NYPD investigation, according to a department official. In April, Ramirez, a 25-year-old social worker, was found dead in the back of a taxi an hour after being seen leaving the Ritz Bar and Lounge with three unidentified men. His family previously told NBC News that approximately $20,000 had been drained from his bank accounts and that they believe he was drugged. About a month later, Umberger, a 33-year-old political consultant, was found dead after he and two unidentified men left another popular Hell's Kitchen gay bar, The Q. The unidentified men transferred about $20,000 out of Umberger's bank accounts and maxed out his credit cards, according to Umberger's mother, Linda Clary, who also believes her son was drugged. The NYPD spokesperson said the city's medical examiner is still determining the official causes of deaths for Ramirez and Umberger and added that some, though not all, of the victims in their investigation are believed to be part of the LGBT community. Over the weekend, New York City Council member Eric Botcher, who represents a swath of Manhattan's west side that includes Hell's Kitchen, released a statement on Instagram saying that his office has been in contact with the NYPD and the New York County District Attorney's Office regarding the investigation. The monsters responsible for these crimes need to be apprehended and prosecuted to the fullest extent of the law, he wrote, adding that significant resources are being dedicated to the case. A representative for the New York County District Attorney's Office did not respond to a request for comment. From the New York Times, dated December 3rd, 2022, by Liam Stack. Julio Ramirez died in the backseat of a taxi in April after he left a popular gay bar in Manhattan with a group of men. They stole his wallet, phone, and ID before they abandoned his body in the car with a distressed cab driver. One month later, John Umberger was found dead in an Upper East Side townhouse after he and a group of men left another popular gay bar just three blocks from the last place Mr. Ramirez was seen alive. Surveillance footage showed Mr. Umberger sandwiched between the men as they guided him into a car. The police department and many in the LGBTQ community at first regarded the deaths as isolated drug overdoses. Men who party too hard, quotidian tragedies, in a gay nightlife scene that has roared back to life as the coronavirus pandemic has waned. I would say there's a little bit of license being taken there by the uh, reporter from the New York Times. But the men's families soon discovered something more sinister. Credit cards in the men's names were maxed out and their bank accounts drained of tens of thousands of dollars. Now, their deaths are being investigated by the police department's homicide unit. The deaths of Mr. Ramirez and Mr. Umberger came at a fraught time for the city's LGBT community, which emerged from the pandemic into the jaws of a monkeypox outbreak. Well, yeah. 
a landscape of struggling and sometimes shuttered bars and an increasingly hostile national political climate. They have also spread fear and rumor while starting a broader conversation about similar attacks that have quietly plagued the city's gay nightlife for years. Nobody thought it was a crime initially. They just thought he had taken something, said Carlos Ramirez, the brother of Julio, 25, a social worker last seen leaving the Ritz bar and lounge in Hell's Kitchen in April. Mr. Ramirez said that when he heard about his brother's death, I knew somebody had given him something and he did not know they had. A spokesman for the police department said it was investigating a number of robberies in Hell's Kitchen where many of the attacks have been clustered. The police said they did not know if Mr. Ramirez and Mr. Umberger were targeted because they were gay. And they have not said if they believe the men's deaths and other non-fatal attacks are related. Some men who said they were drugged have struggled to convince the police they were the victims of a crime and not just irresponsible partygoers who took someone home and blacked out. Oscar Alarcon, 33, said he was drugged in the Ritz in March 2020. He awoke on the floor of a midtown hotel, he said, and found that $2,000 had been transferred from his bank account using the PayPal and Zelle apps on his phone. I don't remember what happened there, Mr. Alarcon said, referring to the Ritz. I don't remember how I left. Then I just woke up in a strange hotel lobby. He filed a police report, but he said he never heard back from the police. At that time, they didn't seem like they were interested, Mr. Alarcon said. There have been arrests connected to a series of similar robberies in Manhattan, but none of the charges in those cases involve the drugging of victims. In one, a patron left the Ritz on May 14th, about three weeks after Mr. Ramirez's death, and later reported that his phone and wallet were missing and $2,000 had been transferred out of his bank account. The police department did not respond to questions about whether the defendants in those cases were linked to the deaths of Mr. Ramirez or Mr. Umberger, who was drugged at the Q, a bar three blocks from the Ritz. Mr. Umberger's family said the arrests were not related to his death, and Carlos Ramirez and other victims who spoke to the New York Times said they had received no updates from the police. In addition to the families of Mr. Ramirez and Mr. Umberger, the Times has spoken to five men who said they were drugged at gay bars in the city, including the Eagle, the Boiler Room, and the Ninth Avenue Saloon, and then robbed. The Times has also spoken to a man who said he was robbed and held captive inside his apartment for several hours by someone he met on the dating app Grinder. In each of the bar attacks, the men said they were drugged by people they did not remember meeting. When they awoke, they discovered that someone had gained access to their phone using its facial recognition technology while they were unconscious. The thieves then used apps to empty their victims' bank accounts and max out their credit cards. Some also stole cash and valuables. Many substances used as so-called date-rape drugs remain in a person's system for only a short time, making them difficult to detect on drug tests. 
one drug, GHB, is not included on most routine drug and toxology tests at all, according to the Justice Department. It is also used recreationally by some in the gay community. Well, that's true. Tyler Burt, 27, was robbed of more than $25,000 after he was drugged at the boiler room in the East Village last December. A drug test came back positive for cocaine, which he had no memory of taking, and his doctor suggested he had been drugged with GHB. At the police station, he said, the officers treated him skeptically. They asked me if I had been assaulted, and I was like, Getting drugged is assault, he said. It seemed like they thought being drugged wasn't even a possibility. They said, maybe you were, but that isn't really relevant to the robbery. Mr. Burt said he received no updates from the police until last week when they told him there were no developments in his case. The police department did not immediately respond to questions about its initial treatment of Mr. Burt and Mr. Alarcon. Gay bars hold a special place in LGBTQ culture. They act as community hubs in a way that bars with primarily heterosexual and cisgender clientels do not. Now that the pandemic has eased, many new bars have opened. Councilman Eric Botcher, who represents much of the city's gay heartland in Hell's Kitchen, Chelsea, and the West Village, called it a golden age of nightlife. The deaths come at a time when the LGBTQ community feels embattled on a number of fronts. In the last two years, state legislatures nationwide have introduced hundreds of bills targeting transgender people and drag performances, according to LGBTQ advocacy groups. Conservative political and media figures have accused LGBTQ people of grooming children, a homophobic trope that conflates homosexuality with pedophilia. And last month, an assailant killed five people and injured 18 at an LGBTQ bar in Colorado Springs. In addition, many gay bars are in or near Midtown Manhattan, which has been transformed by pandemic-era economic collapse and acts of high-profile street crime. Verse, a bar in Hell's Kitchen, had a brick thrown at its window four times in October and November. There is an uneasy, unhinged quality to the neighborhood, said David D. Parolesa, the bar's owner. Mr. Ramirez went to the Ritz on West 46th Street on April 20th and left in a taxi with three men at around 3.15 a.m., said his brother Carlos. The men left him in the cab a short time later and the driver soon realized he was unresponsive. He was pronounced dead roughly 90 minutes after he left the bar. By the time his body was identified, someone had taken money out of his accounts, his brother said. The next month, Mr. Umberger, a political consultant visiting from Washington, D.C., went to the queue on West 48th Street, his mother, Linda Clary, said. His body was found five days later on the Upper East Side. (sighs) When the police first contacted her, Mrs. Clary said they told her that her son was robbed on the street, then did drugs at home and overdosed. But when she saw that more than $20,000 had been withdrawn from his accounts, she traveled to New York from her home in Georgia. 
After she showed detectives the suspicious withdrawals, a homicide investigation was opened. Later, she said, a detective described to her surveillance footage that showed her son being led by two men into a car outside the queue. An initial toxicology report provided to her by the medical examiner showed cocaine, lidocaine, and fentanyl in his system. Now, this is something I cannot understand, how, how anybody would combine fentanyl with cocaine and lidocaine. More reports of attacks have surfaced. A man said he was drugged in July at the 9th Avenue Saloon, a bar just around the corner from the Ritz. He spoke to the Times on condition of anonymity because he was afraid his attackers could return to his apartment. The last thing he said he remembered was hugging a friend goodbye and turning back to his half-finished drink. He awoke the next morning face down on the floor of his apartment. Both he and the floor were covered in vomit, his eyes were uncontrollably spasming, and his phone and wallet were gone, he said. He later discovered that $11,000 had been stolen. Surveillance camera images show a man he did not recognize leading him into his apartment building past his superintendent and up the stairs. And I got to tell you, folks, there's a number of questions that have to be asked. Like, who? What? When? Where? Why? And how? What are the common denominators? What process of elimination is being used to discount other people who might be suspected of committing these crimes. What is the modus operandi? These identified victims are gay and not closeted so far. Is there cooperation from bars, clubs, victims, unidentified victims? Are there people afraid or embarrassed? Are there closeted people involved? Are there older people involved who may be dead as a result of these drugs? What other fatalities could possibly have happened? It's robbery. It's murder. Who are the witnesses? Is there video? There's got to be more video than the police are letting on. Is this happening from inside the community? It's spread out across Manhattan as far as we know, but there are gay bars in Queens and there are gay bars in Brooklyn and there's a lot of nightlife all over the city. It's quite possible that other victims are still unaccounted for and or unwilling to divulge. What are the tells, the signal that these victims are vulnerable? What is the body language? There's got to be a checklist of vulnerabilities and casual indiscretions that these people are unwittingly sending out to these villains, these culprits. It's psychopathic. They seem to be of the same age group, between 25 and 35. What are the culprits looking for in the victims? This is crass. This is cruel. This is vicious. This is heinous. This is beyond sleazy. This is merciless. And it's extremely expensive. Is this organized? Is this merely a series of opportunistic coincidences? Why are the victims being targeted? Now, me personally, I know somebody who I do not respect, and I knew him casually, and uh, sometime in the 90s, he and his uh, compatriot uh, had decided to steal from a sex club uh, 
uh, in the neighborhood, which I wasn't even aware of, that existed, and uh, apparently uh, the victim was someone who lived in a uh, small fashion department inside the sex club when the sex club wasn't operating, and he stored large amounts of cash in a small strong box or something like that inside this apartment, and that was his uh, responsibility. Now, one of these people had been uh, in this apartment with this individual, and they saw him indiscreetly counting money or leaving money out. So they decided this was going to be their big heist, and they robbed from this place. And they came back proud of themselves as if they had accomplished something akin to climbing Mount Everest. I kept on looking at them as if they were seriously damaged. They were deranged. Why are you doing this? Not only is it just stealing, but you're stealing from people who are probably not legitimate business people, and you're putting this individual who you robbed from at great risk, and you did not care. And you were members of the gay community. So I don't know exactly where to start thinking. Because a lot of people might think it's people who have infiltrated the gay community. But from my own experience, knowing that there are gay people who have absolutely no problem stealing from other gay people. And the use of recreational drugs, which can lead to overdose and quite often does, especially in the case of people who are unwittingly overdosed. It's got to be confusing to the victim's families and it's got to make the investigation more difficult for the police. Now, I'm going to stay on the story. I'd like to know more about this. I don't know if I can get in touch with any of the victims or any anybody else. I'd like to know what's going on. But if anybody knows, feel free to contact me. We need to know what's going on. Young gay men are being robbed and murdered. Thanks for listening. See you next time. And as the kiddies say, peace out. Thank you.